welcome to another Let's Talk Property with Heather Hilda Darling and James Duffy. James is my resident guest. So in today's show, what's the connection between a heron and a Hilda? And what's it like living in a village? Today, my special guest is Graham Shepherd. Graham, hello, how are you? Hi, Heather. Nice to talk to you and nice to be with you all. Thank you. I'm very Morning, pleased Graham. you could join us today. And there's uh, James just saying hello as well. We're obviously in our virtual Hi, studios. <laughs> Many miles from one another. This is yes, distance, that's right. That's distance right. recording, isn't it? Rather than social distancing. But actually, it's the two rolled into one. So, um, Graham, I am intrigued. Um, I spoke to you about a week ago because I'd heard through the grapevine that you were involved with a naming a heron competition. So can you fill us in a little bit on how all this came about? Yes, it's rather an odd story, really, because <clears throat> I'm on Rottendean Parish Council and, uh, and we've been meeting again via Zoom, and then it came up, I'm not sure it came up at the meeting or sometime afterwards about having other distractions to talk about at this difficult time. And um, someone suggested about perhaps having a, a competition to name the heron on the village pond. Um, so so tell me, Graham, so, how, how this, this heron, is, is it just, is it a resident heron or how well, long has it been there? <clears throat> well, as far as I know, there are, there are a pair of grey herons and they've been in Rottendean for a, for a few years now, sort of off and on. And one was reasonably healthy, but sadly, the other one broke its leg a couple of years ago and people were rather amazed it survived because it looked rather tatty. But that's the one that's been living on the pond. We think it's been on the pond because it's easy to get fish and different bits of food and various bits and pieces. Of course, it's a real attraction for people and children and various bits and pieces to see it. And that's the one that's been sitting on the pond. Um, and then its mate apparently goes down to the rock pools and picks up things down there. And then at night, they roost up by the north end of Rottendean um, because they can see predators about 200 metres off, apparently. Um, Although at the moment that particular heron hasn't been seen for a, f for a few weeks, so we're a little bit concerned, but I think often they sort of go away, have a bit of a break and then do, do come back again. So hopefully he will return shortly. So tell me, Graham, who, who are the neighbours of the heron on the pond? Um, well, it's the plough. The plough sits adjacent to the pond. Mm -hmm. And then the St Margaret's Church is directly opposite. And then there's the Dean's rest home and then the elms the Kip, um, kipling's former home is there and then the green itself with a war memorial so it's a really beautiful setting it's quite a deal does, really. does, does the heron have any mates are not swimming on the pond i mean i remember years ago there used to be ducks are there still ducks on the pond well yes there are ducks on the pond and actually very very sad it's a bit of another sad story really because there were a pair of ducks there and about seven little ducklings but very sadly, they've gradually decreased over the past few weeks down to one because I think the seagulls swoop <gasps> down there. So we are down oh. to one now, which is, and that often does happen e each year, but, uh, but hopefully that one will survive. So who are the typical predators of a heron? Oh, goodness me. I have got absolutely no idea, really. I'm putting no. out my depth on that one. Um, no, I don't know, okay. actually. I don't know if they've got predators. I mean, I suppose, I suppose a fox might be attracted to a a passing heron, but, but, but I really don't know. 
No, and I suppose traffic as well. Um, I'm not sure there's been quite so much traffic over the last few weeks, but um, could traffic be a predator? Well, possibly, although the heron, there is a small island right in the middle of the pond, so the heron right. tends to sit sit there. Right. And uh, and because it, it looks absolutely idyllic, and lots of people have taken photographs and various things, it just looks absolutely beautiful. Um, but I think probably not the traffic, but more more perhaps the cold and the age of the heron and the fact he broke his leg a couple of years ago. But as I say, oh. it's pretty amazing that it has, has survived. So are you sure this is a male heron or is it a female heron? I'm pretty, we're pretty sure it's a, a male heron. I don't know why, I don't know the difference, but somebody who knows <laughs> more than I do about herons okay. uh, that it's a male heron, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so how, how old do you think it is? Um, probably five or six years old. Well, I don't know the lifespan of a heron, really. Um, uh, but I say it broke its leg two years ago, so it's actually a pretty resilient creature, really. Uh, and it looks very elegant when it's standing there. Mm. Oh, so does it have a secondary home as well? Well, yes, apparently they go up towards the football pitch, which is, if your listeners know, it's, it's just to the north of Rottingdean. There's a football pitch and a cricket pitch adjacent to Bays Hill Road. And, um, and there's a water trough there, which, and they sit adjacent to that. And as I say, they can see, apparently they can see, they like that because they can see predators coming a long way off. I mean, perhaps foxes, I would imagine it is, they can see coming. So that's why they like to be there. Yes, because there's a lot of countryside surrounding Rottingdean, isn't there? Yes, as Kipling said, it's a, a sort of a village, a village by the sea, really. It's got the downs all round it and the, and the Beacon Park and, uh, and then the sea and the village itself. So it's very mm. fortunate to have everything, really. So it's a very lucky heron. It's got a home in the middle of a pond. It's got yes. a second home on a football pitch. Um, yes, does it go yes. abroad at all? Well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, perhaps it does. I really don't know. No. I mean, it, must, it looks amazing when they fly because they look tremendously elegant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I do think that sometimes herons go to Southern Ireland, maybe in the continent, but I don't know whether they've been grounded over the last few weeks, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so, Indeed, okay, yes, so yes. let's continue with your intriguing story, the parish council and a diversion technique. So what exactly happened? Um, well, I was chatting to... One of my fellow parish councillors, Heather, who um, and then we, we were just chatting about things and, and, and her and her friend had had a conversation and they thought perhaps the heron should have a name. So we thought maybe to put it out on Rottendean Chat, which is a Facebook page. There's Rottendean Chat and Rottendean Zone and Rottendean Chat has informal things going on in the village and just general conversation. And put it out there as a an informal competition, really. And the response was amazing. We got about 300 three or four hundred responses and a lot of conversation about it and it was a nice diversion really. So tell me some of the, um, did, did you make this as a sort of a just put forward a name? Did you ask for male names, female names or had you already established it had to be a name of a, of a boy or a man? I think it was generally assumed it was a, a male heron. So, right. so in fact I'm just looking down the list of names that came up actually and they're all they are all male oh, names. Yes. Can you tell us what some of the names were? Right, here I go. Right, Heron McHeron Face was one, which was, I think got a few votes. <laughs> Nick the Fish. Nick uh, the Fish. Nick the Fish, which is very clever. 
Um, yeah. Kipling was obviously an, an obvious one. Mm-hmm. And Bernie, after Bern Jones, who was the uh, the resident artist in Rottendean, um, then there was oh, someone even suggested Prince Harry. They yeah. said, as the Duke of Sussex has gone abroad, then they, we should call the, the heron <laughs> Prince Harry. And then a very clever one was um, Hooker, which was named, the idea was to name him after Thomas Hooker, who was a vicar. I think it's about 100 years ago. And he was associated with smuggling in the village as well. So obviously Hooker hooking fishes and the Thomas Hooker was a vicar in the uh, in St Margaret's Church just opposite. That that was a very clever note. And then somebody said Heron today gone tomorrow. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> um, uh, Kipling, I've said that. Yeah, they were the main ones really. Mm-hmm. And obviously then the the winning name was Edgar. And obviously that's the association with your family. It was a, a, a rather a lovely story. Yes, and I'm intrigued as to why Edgar, um, I mean, he was a very well-known person around the village. Um, I don't know where, you probably remember the old bakery um, as you come up the high street from the sea, which was where he used to do his, um, he had his own uh, bakery shop. Um, Right. And in fact... My husband, Bob, used to work there. Uh, His dad obviously wanted him to follow in the family business. And he had Bob in there, I think, one summer. Um, Bob used to go and, you know, love swimming, love water skiing. But he was dragged into the bakery and said, my son, you know, just come and try this. So I often have a laugh because Bob tells me about how his dad used to make him put jam in the donuts. And, of course... (laughs) Bob used to put far too much jam in the doughnuts and was told that he wasn't doing it properly because it was too costly to put too much jam in the doughnuts. Um, <laughs> but it's fascinating because apparently um, Edgar, obviously he was my father-in-law, used to keep about 100 chickens behind the bakery. So I'm just wondering Goodness. what sort of noise there were. It was in the mornings and the evenings and everything else. So I think that's amazing. Do you know much about the Hilda family in Rottingdean? Well, only what I've researched since already, or what um, or what June told me. Um, mm-hmm. She said that Edgar was born in 1913 in Rottingdean, so just before the First World War, and then lived here until 2003. And then he's he's buried in St Margaret's Church, just opposite with his with his wife. That's and, right. Um, and of course, there's a bakery in Rottingdean now. They don't actually bake on site, but it's very. I think it's in a very similar position as to where the original bakery was. And I think the the ovens might be still around the back. And that's the windmill bakery. Mm-hmm. And it said they and apparently they had six children. I mean, you know better than I do about the family. Six children, <laughs> and holidays spent at their beach hut and up on Windmill Hill. And June said life was pretty idyllic. I can imagine it was. And and, and, and interestingly, she said that uh, Ed, Edgar uh, was was six foot four and had yeah. very long legs, similar to Edgar the Heron. So it's, it's <laughs> both ways, really. Oh, I see. Yes. So is, an, is June the person who put forward the winning name? Yes. Who's June? Oh, oh June. no, sorry. No, no. Um, that's um, no Lucy. Lucy, sorry. Lucy, was, Lucy Williams. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, well, yes. Lucy, of course, is my sister-in-law. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, uh, <laughs> wasn't you? It's, it's Lucy. That's, that's, okay. that's my mistake, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's right, they did have six children. Um, Heather, who's my namesake, she was the eldest, then Tina, then my husband, Bob. Um, I might have got these around the wrong way. Then there's Michael, Lucy and Kate. So, yeah, yes, six children. Yes. Yes. Quite a few grandchildren and um, not so many great-grandchildren, I don't think now. But indeed, they are both um, buried in St. Margaret's together yes. with some of their um, predecessors as well. Um, I remember Rottingdean from years ago. I mean, Edgar, <laughs> I've known the family him since my early teens. <clears throat> and we used to go around there in the evenings. And, of course, Edgar was really always very, very tired because mm. he'd been up early in the bakery. <clears throat> yes. And he was quite fearsome, but he was as soft as anything inside. And he'd sort of come and he'd say, right, you know, go away, you lot, because he was tired. And we'd all scoot. Um, but it was, a, it, it was a great time. And, of course, Rottingdean is a lovely place to, to be. I never lived there myself. Um, mm. Tell me, are you, a, are you a local resident now, Graham? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was born in, um, in Queen's Park and grew up in... Brighton, my, my, and my father was a, a police officer, and uh, and then we lived in Coldean and Woodingdean, and then I, I moved to Rottingdean about oh, about fourteen or fifteen years ago, uh -huh. and it is an absolutely delightful place to be because it's you know, sort of so it's so close to Brighton and easy to get to London, and it's got the beach obviously in the Downs, and it's got a lovely, a really brilliant community here, so um, mm. so it's a really a really lovely place to live. Yes. I mean, I do remember as well from my teens, um, I think we used to work in similar places, didn't we? Um, I worked at the Highcliffe restaurant on the seafront. Um, I, w I was in the silver service um, restaurant part on the first floor, um, so I used to enjoy the views from there, but we would work really hard. Uh, we used to do quite a lot of Sunday lunches, and I also worked at the Old Place Club up the road, which was a fabulous place to work. Um, with all the low ceilings and of course, you know, you're quite right, Edgar was six foot four and the whole family are all very, very tall. So getting into the old place club was quite difficult because <laughs> it was head bent, you know, bend your head as you go through the doors, etc. cetera. Yes, um, yes. But of course, when I was in my teens, there was a swimming pool on the seafront, just as you go down towards the sea, turn left. And then the promise was there. And that was a real place where children congregated in the summer holidays um, I think there's now possibly is it a basketball court or something like that I'm, I'm not sure um, and then yes you've got it's called yes, Connor's Court well. yes Connor's Court mm, yes. oh right why, why is it named yes, Connor's it's called Connor's Court, court. No. It, um, it's, it, it's, it's sadly named in honour of a, a young man who, who died in Rottingdean in the unfortunate circumstances and there was a, some money raised on his behalf, um, both by the park charity and his and his mother. And um, and now there's this fantastic multi-purpose. It's a basketball court and a a football court, and so it's there in his in his memory. And it's really oh. very, very 
extremely well used, yes. That's lovely. That is really lovely. Um, but I remember the summer times when our children were very, very young. We often used to go down to the beach chalet with, um, you know, Nana, Jean, Nana, Jean, Dorothy, Hilda. And um, we had a lovely time there because people would walk past between Rotting Dean to Salt Dean on the Undercliff. And, I mean, we were always chatting to people, but... I remember the beaches being a lot, lot lower all those years ago. In fact, that corner where Connor's Court is, you used to have to go down a huge set of stone steps to get to the beach. And of course, we used to do a lot of um, looking for shrimps and the kids would go down with Nana and the nets and catch shrimps and then take them back up to Westview in Stenning Road uh, to cook them for tea. So that brings back lots and lots of happy memories. Um, and then the other thing is sort of in, in our teens, a lot of my friends had little fishing boats, um, which they used to keep just in front of the White Horse Hotel. And we would go out in these fishing boats to catch mackerel and all sorts of things. No life jackets or anything. My goodness me, if my mum knew, she'd be horrified. <laughs> we used to go, you know, really way out to sea with no life jackets on. The boats would be bobbing about, etc. Um, but that was also great fun. Um, but I, al I also seem to remember that as you came down the ramp onto the promenade, that very, very first beach to the right was again very low down. I think they've put a yes, lot of sort of yes. boulders and rocks, haven't they? Yes, well, they did, I, and it sort of built and it built up the beach. But you're right, it used to come right up to the wall and, and when the tide came in it used to be squashed right against the wall. It was very, very different to what it is today, yes. It, mm. it definitely. But I can remember Bob diving off the wall there into the water. Um, you couldn't do that now, but That's a lot right. of the young You're lads right. used to dive off there. They and, did indeed, yes, you know, yes. Up the steps again, diving in, no sense of danger whatsoever. Yes. Um, yes. But it is a lovely promenade, isn't it? And of course, Edgar mm. used to walk with the dog, Jason. He had a lovely border collie. And they used to walk a lot from Rottingdean into Brighton Marina along the bottom of the... Uh, of the undercliff and then back over the top or vice versa because he loved his walking. Um, a real character. So do you think this heron is going to live up to its name or not, Edgar? Well, well, hopefully. And as I, as I said at the moment, he's not there. So, so please don't rush over to come and look. Um, but hopefully <laughs> he'll come back. But he has done this before. He has, he has gone away and then come back. Perhaps it's related to, to the weather or food availability. I don't know. But when he's there, because he absolutely looks absolutely fantastic. But I do hope he does live up to Edgar's, uh, Edgar's past, really. And, it, and yeah. it's so nice that Edgar's, over, uh, Edgar's buried in the churchyard opposite and the heron is on the island on the middle of the, uh, the pond. Ab absolutely yeah. perfect, really. Yeah. James, have you ever been into Rottingdean? I have, yes. I used to walk along there. I mean, there's, there's all the things that Graham's saying, all the benefits of Rottingdean. Uh, you know, I echo. I mean, it is um, uh, a lovely place to um, to visit and uh, walk through. And, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those sort of villages where you, you still can pick up, you know, you've got your fruit and veg, you've got the bakery, you know, you've got obviously more local, uh, you know, um, more bigger shops now because i think costa's there now isn't aren't they ground they've they, they yes they are indeed there. yes yeah. yes, so yes. obviously is moving forward mm. with um the times but um i'm interested because i mean um 
is the Rottingdean uh, Preservation Society still quite active? Uh, indeed, indeed right? it is, it yes. Is. And they're responsible yeah. for the Grange, where, where the library is, and a fantastic museum, which is really worth a visit. And also they're responsible for the the windmill, and that's often yeah. open during the, the summer on different weekends. We can pop up there and have a look inside. And that's, again, really worth, once things open up again, that's really worth a, a trip. And they, and they do yeah. tremendous work all, all around Rottingdean. And, and lots yeah. of the restaurants at the moment are doing are doing takeaways and being very resourceful, and, and everybody's coming together to, to help each other. So it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I can remember yeah. the windmill so well because it used to be a pitch and puck course there, didn't it? It did, it did, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and Dad used to take me and my uh, my second sister down there to play pitch and putt. And, of course, the wind really whips up off the sea, doesn't mm. it? Um, and it was such a shame when that closed. But um, I, I just love seeing the windmill there. Um, it, it's not a working windmill anymore, is it, uh, Graham? No, no. And now it's been taken over. That the bit was the golf course has now been taken over by, and um, by the Beacon National Park. And so um, the sheep wander around there as well. So it does look really lovely. But as you say, it was a great shame when the golf course went. But it is being well used, and it does look gorgeous with the sheep there and the windmill. But no, the windmill isn't a working windmill. But um, it is open. I think about six Sundays a year when you can go and visit it and, cl and climb right up inside it to see all the working. So it really is worth a trip. Yeah, I think there was an open windmill day last Sunday because obviously, oh, right. I, well, right. I, live in, mm. um, I live in Worthing and the High Salvington windmill was due to open, but unfortunately um, mm. due to lockdown now that was closed. Um, I think we're very fortunate to have windmills in the UK. They're, they're such beautiful looking... I nearly yes. said creatures. They've almost got a life of their own, haven't they? <laughs> yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but, yeah. I mean, to be, what, what to was be the, honest... What was the, sorry, what was the history with, you know, as in front of the, the White Hart Hotel there as you drop down and you've got that area there before you actually get down to the, to the underpass walk? What was that area historically for? I, I thought at some stage that might have been a swimming pool. No, it's never been a swim pool. It's called. No. I mean, it's called the terraces, and um, right. and nowadays it's used really well by the Rottingdean Festival for different mm. concerts there, from the from a Beatles uh, um, copy group to mm. the Salvation Army and various things, and they sort of do performances there throughout the summer. So it's really, really well yeah, it's well nice used. Area there, isn't it? It's it nice is. It's area. delightful. Absolutely delightful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's where the boys in the, when I was in my youth used to keep their boats all along that. Ah, oh, yes. The first, I don't know if you remember, Graham. Um, yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so it's changed over the years, most definitely. But of course, back in the 1960s, early 70s, there wasn't the traffic going through Rottingdean as there is today. And um, forgive me if I'm reminiscing a little bit here, but a, a lot of the Christmases we used to have, um, the residents would close the high street to have um, have these competitions in the high street in front of the Black Horse pub. Um, and, you know, they just literally used to say, no, sorry, we're busy doing a competition here. It'd be silly competitions, really. But um, that was the way that, that, you know, there are a lot of characters in Rottingdean. And I think Rottingdean yeah. really you know it still preserves that sort of feeling of yes. character and history yes. and culture but when you think about all the smugglers that they used to have there I mean it, it, it sort of makes you shiver a little bit doesn't it mm. Mm. Rottingdean is known as the smugglers village as far as That's I'm right. aware 
I, I used to go to the uh, the smugglers um, event on the, the first Saturday in December, Graham. Um, um, so that used to be a, a well attended event in the evening. Yes, and hopefully that will be reinstated. It's gone through some difficult times, um, but hopefully that will come back. And the Black Horse still do those things at Christmas on, on Boxing Day. They have events out mm -hmm. in the high street and they have a tug of war. And then there's often it, um, yes. a race around the pond. And then there's a, a football match between the the plough, I think it's the plough and the black horse out on Rottendean mm -hmm. Wreck. So there's lots mm -hmm. of those things still continue. Obviously the, obviously, the village fair, which I organise, happens in August. But this year, very sadly, we've had to cancel it. We waited till the last minute, but, 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 but we clearly couldn't go ahead. And that's a fantastic event. And the Lions also do their, their village fair. Um, and there's a tremendous amount. And obviously, the Rottendean Drama Society are absolutely wonderful. And they perform, do performances in the village hall. Um, and they're really worth going along to. They're fantastic. And, and, they, and they do a pantomime at Christmas, which is absolutely marvellous, really. So there's, so there's mm -hmm. lots and lots of things lots going to do, on. Isn't there? Yeah. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Marvellous. Yeah. So the connection between, I suppose, Rudyard Kipling Junior School, where I used to go, and oh, yeah. um, mm. Rudyard Kipling's... Well, I was only there for a couple of months because my family moved down from Kilmarnock in Scotland and I hadn't taken my 11 plus when we used to have to take the 11 plus. Oh, so oh, um, <laughs> while all the rest of my class was doing, you know, fabulous things like learning French and sports, I used to have to go into the headmaster's study to study for my 11 plus and of course nobody understood me because I had quite a strong Scots accent at the time so um, it was really quite amusing but Rudyard Kipling has a very very strong connection with Rotting Dean. Um, yes yes well he kept because his auntie um, mm. Lady but um, Georgina Jones lived in Rotting Dean he used to come there as a child he had a very quite a difficult childhood because his parents were over in India and then he then he was at school, a boarding school where he was where he was mistreated, and he used to love coming to Rottendean for the holidays to have some time away from that. And he always remember he always remember Rottendean with a great fondness. And when he be, when he got older and was was married and had a family, he came and rented the the Elms, which is on the village on the village green. And he was there for about five years from about I think I think it's from about 1897 through to about 1903 or something or other so so not for many years mm. and uh, and obviously the Kipling Gardens are, are there now which have been given over to the public which you can come and visit but he didn't stay there for long I think he found that there were lots of tourists and things coming round to pop over the wall and look at him so so that's when he moved to Batemans wasn't it out in ba Batemans in um, Burwash mm -hmm. but uh, yes he left his mark on Rottendean certainly of course the school was named after him and various roads around Rottendean and Woodendean are named after after Rudyard Kipling. Yes, yes. Mm. And did you not have another famous um, visitor, the Bonnie Prince Charlie, when he was escaping um, from whoever he was escaping from? My history is really letting me down here now. Um, I think he stayed where the library is now, if I remember rightly. Oh, you might be right. I didn't know that, actually. I mean, I know, I, I, know he I think he stayed at the old ship before he went across to France, but um, but I yeah, didn't. I that's think, an interesting I, one. No, no, I know that's worth researching. I, did, I didn't know I that. I think it no. is because um, Bob used to do a lot of sailing from Brighton Marina and ah, they used yes. to have the cross-channel race, the Royal yes, Escape. Still, the Royal yes, they still Escape. do that. 
Yeah, they still yeah, do that, no, yes, yes. That's right. So that's why it starts off from Bright Marina and goes across the channel. And I have a funny feeling, perhaps somebody perhaps somebody could just um, write to me or write something on Instagram and tell me that um, whether they know about Bonnie Prince, Charlie and the Royal Escape. That would be, that would be absolutely fantastic. But, of course, um, when I lived in Woodingdean, the, the Bright Marina didn't even exist. No, no, that's um, right. <laughs> that, was, that was an amazing project project um mm -hmm. i don't think any of us thought it was going to come about but it's almost a second well i wouldn't describe it as a village but it's almost a second you know brighton in itself isn't it yes i used to remember as a, as a child driving along the coast road and watching those enormous concrete pontoons gradually being lowered in they did it one at a time <laughs> And absolutely. it was just, just sort of fun to count them. Just a, a tremendous project. Yeah, absolutely yes, fantastic. It yeah, is. yeah. And it's yeah. still being developed as we speak, isn't it? You know, I mean, you've got lots of um, new buildings on there, new properties, flats, etc. I mean, I, I used to spend quite a bit of time down there because Bob used to sail from uh, the marina. But actually, when I, I think I was probably about, I don't know, 18 at the time, and I had a temporary... I was a temporary secretary and they sent me down to Brighton Marina to do some uh, meeting notes and I used to have to go down a road that wasn't even made up from the from the top of the cliffs right the way down into the the Brighton Marina that was really in very very early stages it might have even been when they were putting the pontoons in and I I couldn't have envisaged what it was going to look like all these years later um, so I think they've done a tremendous job really yes no it's absolutely wonderful yes it, is yes, wonderful. it really and in a sense it sort of complements Rottingdean really because Rottingdean's got the oldie worldy sort of style really and then you go along to the marina which is very much more modern and updated so it's a nice sort of balance really within a very short distance we're very very fortunate indeed you are indeed so what would you say are the, the sort of the benefits of living in a village Graham <laughs> Oh, well, well, I suppose because um, it, I mean, it's nice being by the sea. I mean, I really enjoy being by the sea and also having the downs around you. And as I say, being close to London and Brighton, but also because you can you can walk to most places, which is which is excellent. Um, it's got it's got a nice variety of shops and cafes and restaurants and two two supermarkets. And as we say, it's got it's got bigger coffee shops now and things. And it's got mm -hmm. two churches. It's got um uh, the Catholic Church and the Church of England Church, and um, and lots of clubs and societies going on. It's got uh, the Whiteway Centre where there's educational courses happening. It's got two primary schools, Our Lady of Lords and St Margaret's Primary School. So there's all that sort of vibrancy as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the pond in the very middle, and then the green is lovely, and then, and then Kipling Gardens. It's really worth a visit. Obviously, um, I mean they're closed at the moment. But that's really worth a, a trip to look at, to look around there. That was going to at one point be turned into a housing estate, but it was saved by contributions from people in Rottingdean mm -hmm. and the Preservation Society, and that's how it came about. And of course, now it's a it's an absolutely beautiful place to go and to go and visit. So Rottingdean's got all of those things. Really, also, also it's got good bus links into Brighton. It's got the two, the number two bus, which goes around about route through through Woodingdean and then the and then the bus route along the seafront. So it's got all of that as well, really. And yes, just a that really was nice... the bus I, yeah, the oh, bus I yes, used to the... catch. <laughs> yes, yes. It used to start on the seafront, didn't it? It, it did, indeed. Through, through Woodingdean, yes. up Cowley Drive and then... That's right, I used, I used to, to catch to... that. 
Did yes. you really? We probably sat next to one well, another when right. the days when you could sit next to one another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I worked at the Highcliffe restaurant as well, and they were very happy days. I was there, I don't know, from the age of about 12. I used to work on the on the washing up machine. It was absolutely sweltering in the kitchens and then, <laughs> and, then and then cooking fish and chips. And then I got promoted to helping oh. outside on the... As a as a waiter, and I got lots of tips. I did very very well, and um, and then it changed into a self service restaurant downstairs, and then but obviously yeah. upstairs where you work was the silver service. That was the posh end, <laughs> and then uh, but it was such a it was such a fun place to work. There was a lovely Irish chef that worked in the kitchens, and then the Italians worked upstairs. Lovely That's Italian right. waiters, yeah. and sometimes there used to be terrible arguments shouting up and up and down the stairs, and then. <laughs> But then once, but when, once lunch was over, it was all calm and all all lovely again. Everyone was best of friends. It was oh, good times. I, I, never, th- good I times. never thought mm. I'd get the hang of that silver service, honestly. <laughs> well, actually, the head chef was Italian. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. But, oh, my goodness, we all trembled when he used to walk in. You know, had we cleaned the cutlery properly? Had we yes. eaten exactly the right place on the tables? And, yes. oh, it was just really, really quite... Mm, you know, um, very, serving, very difficult. Serving peas by silver service is very, very difficult. It's to roll <laughs> off. And, and the worst That's and the true. worst thing I ever did, I had to serve someone, was it tomato soup, I remember. You used to have to carry the, a plate with a tomato mm. soup, a bowl of tomato soup. Of course, it, I took it one day and it, I, didn't, I didn't stop in time. It slid right into this man's lap. <gasps> and I was so embarrassed, but he was so kind. In fact, in yeah. fact, he was a he was a German guy, and he left a ten shilling tip because he was. <laughs> and I was amazed by this ten shilling oh, tip. Oh, how lovely! Yeah, so, so that's yes, that was yeah. No, no that there were good times. <laughs> yes, yes. Right, let's ask James. Have you ever lived in a village, James? I have. Yes, I've lived in a village just outside of. Um... Horsham, um, one of the villages there, but um, you know it's not as um, didn't have all the amenities that that Rostin has to offer. Um, I was happy there for a good you know eight years. It's nice, but then um, you know you, your your life uh, and priorities change, and then you want different. You need different. You need different things from your life. Uh, and um, I've I've moved uh, into a bit more of a, a central location now, but. Um, I was going to ask Graham because one of the challenges for Rottingdean is obviously the traffic um, going through there and uh, trying to uh, manage the, uh, the you know the uh, the air pollution there. And I noticed um, yes, they've been doing some yes. work on the on the road layouts to try and you know yes. um, you know not not to be detrimental to to, to the area and people's health. So yes. is, is that, yes. have you started to see that's making headway? I suppose yes. it's and less people on the road. I suppose, but. That's right. I mean, the parish council have been working for many years to try and find a way round to, impl- to improve the air quality. But the air quality is particularly poor. There's sort of a, a valley. It's a very sort of narrow bit of high street at the very end by, and by the junction. And yeah. it's really to try and disperse the air around, around that area. And, um, and what we've tried to do, we've got some yellow cross hatching in there to, to prevent traffic going right the way down to that particular area. Um, and then there's chicane further up, which is very controversial, but it's just a trial. This is all a trial, really, to try and see if we can improve the air quality. And there's three or four sensors now which have been located down the high street to see what the impact is. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a Marmite thing. Some people say oh, it's making improvements. Some people say it's a, it's a bit of a hazard. Um, yeah. But the idea is to try and spread the traffic out up the high street and improve the air quality. But it's going to be it's a temporary um management scheme and it's going to stay there until 
sometime next year and then to review it really and get all the statistics and see whether it's made any marked difference which um yeah. which i hope it does but uh yes it's such a but challenge it, at that top end isn't it, it is it really so is it really yeah. is yes yes absolutely but I hopefully of course they're now going to be building on st Albans field that's going to have a development on it as well but luckily they are keeping some of the field from the old st Albans school which will be good for the use of rottendine but they're going to develop the actually the old school and have new houses on part of the field. So it's all pressure on the village. But at yeah. the same time, it's important to keep the, the vibrancy of the village really and think about going forward. So it's a real balance. So the parish council is always thinking about preserving the past, but also looking to the future, really. So it's a, it's a real and that happens in lots of neighbourhoods, doesn't it, really? Yeah, because it you're going does. to need uh, different, really different type of people coming into the village to, you know, continue yeah. the good work on these committees and parishes. And if if, if the yes. housing stock isn't there and it's not diverse enough, you you end up not having that new new generation coming in because they they can't. They're outpriced. You know, it's a challenge, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And volunteers, getting people to volunteer for different groups is always a challenge, really. But I'd really recommend anybody that wants to get involved in in village life to sort of step forward really and just just try being involved on committees or whatever because it can be very fulfilling and then it mm. contributes to everybody's sort of well-being really so uh yeah i suppose give it a go. just find yeah they need to they need to make sure they're looking in the right places to see where people need help don't yes. they and talk, talk yes. to local um, residents yes and, and yes uh, yes yeah. and there's I also what's in dean village news that sorry go on no, I was going to say the other sort of very busy place is where the traffic lights are at the end of the high street for the traffic going along the seafront road. That gets very, very busy, doesn't it? It does indeed. I mean, the, the tail back often towards Peacehaven um, is very, very difficult, really, because it's coming along a narrow road there and with the cliff top to your, to your left, and then it all filters into Rottendean and then back out into Brighton they've, and they've tried to put in bus lanes which have helped us to, to a certain extent to get people into work quicker um, but it will always be a difficulty because um, because it's been right next to the sea really and there's no way out yeah. after no, that no, but no um, there, you there, no. yes yeah I know sorry Graham you were going I... to say something no I'm just going to say that also Rottendean has the Rottendean Village News which is a a magazine which comes out every two months and my wife Stephanie edits that and that's really good because lots of different groups contribute and everybody then knows what's going on as regards volunteers and things and also local businesses advertise and it's a, it's a little magazine that's completely we just about break even each 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 two months the money coming in and the cost of the printers and the delivery just about equals out but it's a really popular magazine because it keeps people in touch and it's got phone numbers and contacts and little stories and things, including obviously Egg of the Heron will be in the next issue. <laughs> and it, we've, just sent, we've just sent the present issue off to the printers and it should be out on, I think, June the 1st. So it'll be... Oh, be, how lovely. Yes, how yes it'll lovely. be in there. Yes, yes, that's yes. absolutely marvellous. So going back to living in a village, um, do, do a lot of the people, the residents, stay in Rottingdean or how many people do you have moving into the village or even moving out of the village elsewhere? Do you, do you know this information? I think, it, I think it's a fairly stable population, to be, to be quite honest. It's a very popular place to live. But um, mm. as the older generation move, move on in some ways, then, then people do, then you get younger people coming into the village and it's got two good schools here and it's close to schools mm. in 
Brighton, then Longhill School just over the over the hill. So it's quite a, a fairly transient population. But obviously, once people are here, they tend to, I would say they tend to to stay really for the rest of their lives. To be to be quite honest, and then there's there's some fantastic care homes in Rottingdean as well and people from the care homes come and participate in what's going on around the village as well so it's very much a it's a really nice community really from the very from the very young to the very old and that's absolutely how it should be really mm, definitely. most definitely and Long Hill School of course holds a lot of fond memories for me um, quite a few of the Hilda family went there um, certainly Bob was there for a long time. I think he spent more time out of it than in it, though, because he <laughs> loved going, going down and doing his um, water skiing and everything else that he used to do. Mm. Um, but um, my best friend, Judith, um, she her, her father was headmaster, yes, Richard. Richard Morley. Mm. Um, mm. And I think maybe you know or remember Richard Morley very well. Um, you know, he was always, um, right, come on, let's do this. And he was brilliant because whenever they did these outdoor experiences, um, I used to tag along with Judith and we'd go to Burwash and we used to do um, oh, yes. canoeing mm. on the Thames and sea yes. canoeing. He was very much an outdoor person. And um, I have to say, you know, we, we as a family, my family now just love being outdoors. And I think that that hits you very early on in life, you know, whether you love your games and you love your sports and you love the fresh air. And I think that's another great thing about Rottingdean. You don't have to walk far to get to a footpath, which just takes you out. I mean, you can walk to Ovingdean, can't you? I mean, Ovingdean, again, is such a pretty little village. Yes, um, yes, indeed, yeah. Mm. You can walk the other way and drop down into Saltdean. Um, you know, we used to go to the Saltdean Lido quite a lot when we were youngsters as well in mm. the summer holidays. Mm. Um, you know, and, and all those walks, you just stretch your legs you get out absolutely fantastic there's a particularly lovely walk you can walk up Bays Hill Road which is not just to the north of St Margaret's Church and walk in a easterly direction and then it takes you down to this sort of magical valley and you wouldn't really know you're, you're near Brighton or near any sort of town or anything and then it leads onwards up to Kingston you can walk all the way to the Jugs Arms in Kingston it's absolutely fantastic walk it takes you over the back of Wooding Dean and then you can drop down into Kingston. That's a really fantastic route, route to take. Yeah. James, did you used to do some of these walks with your dogs when you lived uh, locally? Yeah, and I didn't know that walk. Uh, that, that, that would have been quite a good one, no. But uh, I, did, <laughs> I did find quite a lot of them when I was uh, walking my Great Dane across different places, yes. I mean, that, that, no, that, that, I mean, that, the is, that is the benefit. Mm. Yeah, and Go you ahead. could walk and have a pub, pub lunch or a, or a drink in those days, couldn't you? We're not... We're yeah. not sure when they're opening yet, but um, I think this is the time of year when you miss having a walk with a pub at the end of it. Um, OK, right. so some of the other benefits. I mean, you're so close to Brighton. You're very close to Lewis. All those places from Rottingdean that can be easily reached. I mean, why wouldn't you want to live in Rottingdean? I suppose the property prices might be a little bit of a... Um, a stumbling block for some people um, but you've got such a variety of housing there haven't you yes it's a real mix actually and hopefully yeah. I mean I think that's very important really that it can cater for all sorts of ages and all sorts of um, incomes and things really so you get a real and what's also important is then when people grow up in Rotterdam they are able to stay that there are there is housing here 
that it's accessible for those people as well, really. Um, because it's important, because Rottendean has got an, an, an ageing population, to put it politely, I suppose, really. And I'm, I'm, perhaps, I'm perhaps getting towards being one of them now. And I think it's important <laughs> that we encourage young people to come here, really, and to see that it's not just a place to come to retire to, but it's to become a place to, to live and to enjoy it, enjoy the sea, the schools, um, the sporting facilities. I mean, there's a fantastic sports centre at Long Hill School now, which was built, I mean, long after I left there, but it's got a lovely sports centre and a, and a, and a gym. Um, so you've got, there, as you say, you've got the Salt Dean Lido, which um, hopefully we'll get going again in the near future. And that's been, a, that's, and that's a, a great asset and um, mm-hmm. and various other facilities, yes. And I live yeah. just adjacent to Rottendean Recreation Ground. That's got tennis courts there and a lovely little children's playground and things. So there's, there, there is lots around here. It's a very, it's a very pleasant place to be, yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you a story about those tennis courts? Oh, d- oh don't. <laughs> <laughs> we well, won't tell anybody. <laughs> many years ago, um, I, I mean, I love tennis. I've played tennis all my life. And oh. um, I can't remember when those tennis courts were built, but um, we went down, oh. there was four of us went to the tennis courts. And as I was just walking onto the, a court, this dog came tearing across the the pitch next door and literally it put its teeth in the top of my arm and just latched onto my arm and of course i i went on court i played tennis i walked all the way back home to woodingdean i lived off the bottom of uh, cowley drive in donnington Mm -hmm. road and uh mum said what have you done to your arm? I went, oh, I just got bitten by a dog. And, of course, she went absolutely almost rabid oh, at yes. me, actually. She Good. said, for <laughs> goodness sake, you should have gone to A&E. Come on, we're going to take you there now. So that was my first um, whatever uh, injection they give you for <laughs> rabies. Being bit by a dog, yeah, rabies. Yeah, about <laughs> yeah, being bitten by a dog. And, actually, the teeth marks were there for a long, 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 long time. But um, I still love dogs. <laughs> Um, so yes, you're right. That's where they play the football game, and I think yes. there is a. I think there might still be a picture of Bob in his heyday when he actually played for the football team. That must have been back in the nineteen um, early eighties, maybe, um, right, in the right. Black Horse Pub. But I'm not sure. Yes. It might have been yes. taken down now, much long faded and wrinkled and everything else. Mm. But um, they were they were brilliant times. Absolutely brilliant. But um, you know, when you talk about villages. Um, is there a lot of gossip in villages, or is oh, that just... I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Well, you would like know. to say, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I don't listen to gossip. <laughs> no, it was, it's what makes the world go round, isn't it? But you don't have to take it seriously. No, everybody likes a gossip now, now and then. But I, I think but no. they do, and it's all part of human life, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. Gone are the days when you talk to your neighbour over the fence, or yes, yes, and it's all part and parcel of that lovely rich colors of life chatting to people and anything that makes the day go quicker is is you know and much more pleasantly because you're actually um having those those um, exchanges with people i've Mm. noticed i mean i'm doing a lot of walking at the moment into work and back 
And just observing people as they pass me on the pavement, you know, some people don't even look at you, they don't smile at you. And it's very sad because we're all spending a lot of time on our own at the moment, not being able mm. to get out and about and, you know, physically in the same room with somebody. I mean, look at us now, we're, we're managing to hold a conversation for an hour and we're not even close to one another. Um, yeah. So yes. I think, you know, just meeting somebody in the high street, Bob was over there the other day, actually, and um, he met two people he knew from many, many years ago just in the high street. Unbelievable. You know, we we haven't lived in Rottingdean. Well, I never lived in Rottingdean, but he left, what, back in the nine, oh, must have been 1982 or three. Still walks down the high street and people know him. Mm, so I, yes. I, I, yes. I think it's it's lovely, actually. You sort of feel... He always feels like he's going home. In your, everybody has a place in their hearts which they call home, don't they? Yes. And people in the village, there's lots of people involved in different committees and different organisations. There's a real crossover like, between the drama society and the, and the, um, and the sort of um, cake group society, various things yeah. really. And so there's lots of different con connections and people are very much involved with each other but as you say it's very important at the moment that people live by themselves they do get the chance and people do stop and talk to each other which I would say people generally I think there was a nervousness at first but I think now people are very much tend to stop and talk which which is which is excellent and hopefully that will continue mm. so when you have to cancel all your local events that you know were planned yes. for this year what what effect does that have on the community I, I I think people are very sad, but of course, compared to what's going on in the wider world, it's a, it's a, it's a minor thing really. We all have to bear with it, I and mean, there's such terrible things get going on, and we all yeah. perhaps moan sometimes about silly little things, but really, it's, it's nothing. But it, but it was. I mean, it is sad because in the last Rottingdean Village News, we gradually got more. It was things as, as things were going into lockdown, more and more things were cancelled, and it was very sad to see really but i think it really reinforces about how important it is when everything comes back again really and to and to value it and to realize that it's so it's so important really and to enjoy it all the more and i think people mm. will you know will appreciate it all the more really and um and and hopefully things won't close down i think they will absolutely start up again but obviously mm -hmm. it's the businesses we're really concerned about it's the little shops the tea shops the antique shops that's the thing that's the concern where it's people's livelihoods mm -hmm. there's a fantastic um local hardware store which is on the seafront and they've done a great job over the over the shutdown and really helped to manage to kit to carry on serving things across their their doorway but that that's the sort of it's a real challenge for people i mean i one of the benefits of being you know recording this from my office is that I have access to Google and um, I've just gone on to the uh, Rottingdean, welcome to historic Rottingdean page mm -hmm. and today, I mean when I look at the events for today, um, 6.15 pregnancy yoga, then crawlers <laughs> and toddlers, baby and you, lush tums, the Rottingdean Bridge Club, Slimming yes. World, you know, and yes. I mean, there's just a whole host of things in the diary. Yes, absolutely. There's lots and lots of things going on. And we're so thankful for, you know, for all the people that do organise those those groups and all, the, and all the people that do attend. Um, uh -huh. As I say, we've got the Whiteway Centre, where it's got some fantastic educational courses, things going on at the Grange, things on at the Cottage, which is attached to St Margaret's Church. They have a fantastic group on a Tuesday called the Singing Kettle, 
where people can just <laughs> pop a, pop along, have a piece of cake, a cup of tea and a chat. And it's just gorgeous, ab- absolutely wonderful. Oh. And informal groups like that are so, so important, really. Um, yeah, Talk so about cakes. Happen. I remember going to the. Uh, is it the trellis? It's the old tea room. Yes. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. God, they, they make. That's still, they make still mean, there. A, a mean that's, that's a great place. There, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, of course, there's oh, a connection. You're a secret scone eater, are you, James? Yes, I didn't yes. know that. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, they definitely got the right uh, ingredients there. <laughs> of course, there's a connection, isn't there, between the between the Highcliff restaurant and the Trellis restaurant because it was Mr. Venturi who was the who was the manager in the Highcliff restaurant upstairs, a wonderful man, an Italian man. Yes, yes. And then he started up, as far as I understand, he started up the Trellis restaurant and sadly he, he died several years ago, but his wife still continues with the business to this, to this day. So that's an interesting connection. Yeah, that was his name. Well done, Graham. Thank yes. you. I would Mr. have been Venturi, thinking about yeah. that. That's it. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Because yes. we always had to call him Mr. Venturi, didn't we? we didn't oh, absolutely, absolutely. Person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Marvelous. No, he was, and mm. tell me, do you have lots of foreign visitors throughout the year in Rottingdean? Yes, we do. You see them wandering. They see them wandering up the high street towards, especially towards Kipling Gardens, and to look at the elms, and the and and the Grange, where there's an exhibition of. Kipling on there and Burne Jones, and especially from lang- I think language schools and then individuals wander around into the into the art gallery into the little tea shops, including the trellis um, and other and other coffee shops. Yes, it's a real. I think it's sort of on the on the Brighton itinerary. I think people come to stay in Brighton often and then come along to Rottingdean for the day. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and then there was one other um, connection, I think, with Whipping Post House that was quite famous, wasn't it? Can you fill me in on that, or was was that something to do with smuggling? And then there was well, Whipping um... Post House is is situated just off the pond, mm-hmm. and as I, I'm trying to recall now, it's in that book. It's I think it's called Whipping Post House because there actually was a post there where people were sadly punished for sort of misdemeanors and various things many many years ago that's why it's called mm-hmm. Whitman Post House mm-hmm. um, but as I say of course you were, you were talking about the smugglers of course there's tunnels that went under the under the yes. high street all the way down to the beach and the yeah. and the uh, the clergy were involved I think, I think everybody was involved to, to some extent really and uh, <laughs> including, including the Reverend Hooker so uh, yes and of course and of course and of course Kipling wrote his his famous poem um, uh, a smuggler's, a smuggler's poem. song. A smuggler's, a smuggler's song. song. Yes. Watch the wall, my darling, while the, while the gentlemen go by. That's the famous line in it, isn't it? Yes. That's the one. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, I'm going to have yes. to try and look that up again. Yes. <laughs> five, five and twenty ponies trotting through the door. Yeah. Brandy for the pass and backy for the pl- backy for the clerk. Yes. So the smugglers provided lots of different things for various people who lived in the village. Yes. Are we talking about mm. bribes there? Well, I, I would think so. I would think so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> James, yes. that wouldn't go down well today, would it, with all these anti-money laundering no. laws, etc.? <laughs> no, couldn't do that anymore. Not a good topic. And then um, National Velvet was also um, with um, Elizabeth Taylor. That has some connection to Rottingdean. Yes, Did they not because, use the pond or um yes, but you know, my memory is pers- very hazy. The person that wrote National Velvet, I've gone blank. Enid Bagnold, to think. I well know. Well done, that. well done. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Enid Bagnold. Yes, she yes. Um, she lived in just opposite on the on the green yes. with her husband who was I think chair of Reuters and she lived there for many years and she wrote 
National Valve, and also the Chalk Garden, which was a play which was performed in London. And then, of course, Elizabeth Taylor, as you say, took the main role in in National Velvet. Mm. And uh, yes, yes. Well, we're ne I'm sorry, we're nearly at the end of our hour. It's absolutely whipped by, but I'm just going to finish because we've. I mentioned National Velvet, obviously, with a horse, a champion horse involved. Mm. Um, just as a last little snippet of family um, secret, um, the, the Hilda family used to have several horses between oh, them, which right. they used to keep in the fields um, at the top. And one day, uh, my mother-in-law, she was in the kitchen and Kerry, one of the horses, walked in through the back door off the house and just stood there. So bless her, she had to put all her sort of pastry and, and her rolling pins down and try and get this horse back out. She tried pushing him out the, the back kitchen door, but in the end, she had to lead him out of the front door, which I can imagine <laughs> would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, Graham, you've been an absolute star today. Thank you so much for telling us all about Rotting Dean. No, it's been and a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Heron, Edgar the Heron. I yes, hope, I do hope he. I do hope he returns soon. I hope he soon. comes back to roost. <laughs> because after, after after all this publicity, I mean, I mean, perhaps that's the thing he doesn't like the publicity. Shun publicity. Perhaps that's why he's gone away. But I, I don't know. But but I'm but I'm sure he'll return. Yes, yes. I'm sure he will. And thank you, James, so much for joining us today. Um, no I'll need problem. to speak to you more about your your uh, delight of scones, and maybe we can yes. have a virtual scone meeting for our Thursday <laughs> huddle. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody so much Thanks, um, this is thank you thank Heather you on let's talk property sponsored by colorways estate agents 97.2 fm and dab bye for now bye bye bye